This is Fear and Trembling, a podcast of Hardaway Ministries, where pastors and guests share a community together as we talk about how the gospel impacts everyday life. We gather around the microphone following the Apostle Paul's wisdom to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, welcome back, everyone. It's great to be back around the table. And this time, I think we're actually around a table. Before, we were sitting in chairs uh, with micro or with stands in front of us. So um, I'm Aaron, campus pastor of Watershed. I've got next to me Bill, our celebration campus pastor, Darwin, our executive pastor, JB, our fusion campus pastor. No, you're not the new guy anymore. Oh, I've uh, graduated. You've graduated. There we go. <laughs> And uh, we've got a new guy, though, at the table with us. Not a new guy around Hardawike, um, but a friend of ours, Luke Joyce. So we want to welcome you, Luke, uh, here today with us to talk with us. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. We roped you in because this is what happens when you offer a book uh, for us to read and discuss. Right. So, yeah, it got thrown back on me somehow. Yeah, that's that danger in the church, right? Be careful what you what idea you come up with. Otherwise, you'll be volunteering. You'll be in charge. Right. <laughs> now, Luke, uh, for those who are listening uh, to this podcast and may not know who you are, uh, if you will, just kind of tell us, uh, give us a snippet of you know who you are, what you do. And uh, we'll dive in from there. Yeah, so I'm Luke Joyce. I currently serve Hardwick as the Deacon of Social Justice and Reconciliation, which is what we'll be talking about today. So a lot, that's a big title. That's, that's some words I had to Google <laughs> <laughs> and, and some good stuff popped up. So, um, But I also served in Honduras as a Hardwick supported missionary for a couple years, a couple years ago. Uh, and that was with my family. My wife, Stephanie, who volunteered at a clinic, and my son, Sam, and my daughter, Evie, who learned Spanish while we were there, uh, much better than me. And we've been at Harderwake for like a decade now, I think, and close to it, and Watershed specifically. So, I mean, I was raised in a Christian home and a Christian family, and uh, that was great, but I really, I found Jesus here. Across the parking lot. Hoorah. Awesome. So, you know, I want to respond to that gift in any way I possibly can to serve this, to continue serving this community. Um, and not of my own volition, but of whatever God has has planned. So apparently that involves this. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting well, called upon to preach. Uh, yeah. You did that a couple months ago, getting called upon to Talk on a podcast. Yeah, uh, I prefer this, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Pre- preaching's way more work. It's not, apparently, you guys work more than just Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for confirming that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Luca, it was probably about a year ago, I think, you brought a book to council, to our leadership. For those who don't know what council is, it's our leadership here at Hardawike, and it's called Reconciling All Things. A Christian vision for justice, peace, and healing. Not like that doesn't go along with your deacon of social justice and reconciliation. Right. Um, but it's by Emmanuel Carangole and Chris Rice. And yeah, we're wondering first off, just why'd you bring this book to us? Why'd you? What grabbed you? Why is this important? Why would you recommend even those who are listening 
to pick it up and read it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a little over a year ago because um, I read it on vacation. So maybe maybe that's yeah. why I liked it so much, yeah. just <laughs> being in a good mood. Uh, but it really just resonated with my experience in my life and my experience at Harderwijk. So I just want to read the very first paragraph in the introduction. Um, Reconciling All Things. It's a pretty preposterous title for a book, especially one as short as this. If the title is ambitious, it is because this book arises out of our deep restlessness about what it means to live faithfully in a broken and divided world. Um, And that word restlessness really stuck out to me at the time. Before going to Honduras, I would have said discontentedness was a thing in my life. Everything was basically great, uh, house, car, job, family, all good, all, all the things it's supposed to be. But I knew there was more for me um, that God had for me that I was, I was resisting. And <laughs> it's not unique to me, right? So sure. uh, wherever I look around in conversations that I have with, with people, there, there's restlessness, there's discontent. And that's such a good thing. Um, so that's what struck me initially right off the bat. But then throughout the book, these guys talk about their stories and their life experiences and how the work of reconciliation can look very different in different spaces, in different times, in different lives. And these two guys are kind of as different as they get, uh, except that there's the commonality of their devotion to Christ. Um, so the one guy is like a Ugandan priest, and the other guy is an American practitioner, and, and their variety of stories is just incredible and uh, it, it's not prescriptive. It doesn't have to, you don't have to do it one way. It's just, here's a bunch of inspiring stories. That's, that's pretty powerful. I think right there is it, that statement alone. It's not prescriptive, right? And, and so often the work of reconciliation and justice, I don't know about you guys, but in my experience has been very prescriptive and we see that in our culture too today. Yeah. I came away thinking, not so much what must I do, ABC, as look what they did. What would God do with me? Yeah. And that was very, very helpful and, and empowering. So, Bill, um, I want to I toss it to you next in terms of, you know, as you read and, and continuing along a little bit on that line of thought. But um, we're going to ask Luke some questions. Sure. Uh, that's sure. kind of how we're, we're formatting this, this conversation. But uh, – yeah, throughout we'll we'll dive in a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, pick up because Luke, I really did like this book, and I would highly recommend it to all of our listeners this summer. Uh, unbeknownst, really, I got on a personal project to read a lot of books about justice and reconciliation and some of those things. And out of all those books, there's only two that I would pass along, and this is the first one. It was far and away the best in terms of capturing. Uh, my heart and empowering things. I was very taken in particular by the chapter on uh, lament. Lament's a big term these days. Oh, we're talking about lament. And often that's the expression of of guilt or conviction. But I loved how they picked up here that lament is shared life seeking God together. And and he picked up the uh, passage in Matthew where the uh, children are killed after the birth of Jesus, and there's a lament uh, in Rama, the voice crying out. 
And I was very struck by this thing. These are profound words, they write, in a world full of easy ways of consoling ourselves. Rachel's cry refuses to spiritualize, explain away, ignore, or deny the depth and truth of suffering in this world. And I was really struck for my own life how often I spend trying to insulate myself from the suffering of others. And it, it, it changes how we lament. Why, why do you think uh, we end up doing that insulation? Uh, why am I doing this? Where in our own community, perhaps, do we need to get closer and hear the lament? How would you respond with that? Absolutely. And on a, on a more intimate, deeper level every day, it, it's easy not to lament. Um, it's really hard to lament and process those deep things. Yeah, painful. Um, especially for people like me. Uh, I, you know, uh, want to have everything figured out. I want to accomplish things. If I have a problem, I want it to go away. I don't want to sit in it and be with it. But uh, that's part of what lament is. It takes time just to sit and to be there and absorb the immensity of our problems because we do live in a broken world and that's okay. Um, we're not going to help the world fix its huge problems by uh, just coming up with a solution and, and shoving it through. We're going to have to sit in the brokenness that is our existence um, with the one who brought us into existence, right? And and only when we fully absorb the immensity of those great things are we going to be able to, to do that. Um, but let's look at like where where do you start let's let's just look at this room right so we can talk about our community and our our larger communities and our workplaces and whatever but we're here we're sure. five guys right here so how are we lamenting together um i know some of what you guys are going through in your lives i don't know everything and you know some of what i'm going through but you don't know everything um you know, I just about called you yesterday to call this off because uh, it was a rough day yesterday. And um, like, sure. but the thing that came to mind was in the midst of this broken world, this is this is exactly what God has for us right here, right now. So let's do it. Sure. Um, brokenness doesn't mean uh, we have to fix it right away or we give up or abandon it or ignore it. It means um, it's okay to to be with it. And, uh, it takes time. It, 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 that's a requirement. Um, if we're going to enter into deeper relationship with each other in this room, we're going to have to listen to each other. Right. And listening takes time. Um, so those are two really difficult things for yeah. me, <laughs> listening and being patient. We've got to be in places where we can hear. It's not just the in and the out, grab what I want and off I go. Absolutely. And, and there's a depth to it that you can't get in this short run. Um, you know, if we're going to heal the deep wounds of the world, we need a deep empathy. And the, the only way we're going to find that is relying on the true source of empathy, which is, I don't know if you guys know the answer to that, but, the, but it's God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts with a J. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I had to learn that in marriage too. Right? Like with my wife, it's like, I want to fix it. I want to, it's like, right. oh, oh, just yeah. be with me. Right. I mean, so there's like all kinds of empathy. That's what yeah. was rattling around in the back of my mind. Yeah. Those years. <laughs> I'll just say Absolutely. It, you know? <laughs> Listening and patience. We don't struggle with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was quickly able to master that. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love I love how you pick up on um, to just 
how quickly we want to we want to fix we want to solve we want to go to some of those solutions in the world we see that all around us and they picked up on really four voices of of reconciling work and that the first one was uh, we only look at reconciliation as an individual salvation right so it's only reconciling us to God that's the only thing that ever takes place um, we look at reconciling uh, reconciliation is simply celebrating diversity, but in that celebrating diversity, we actually can become very exclusive and we can silence the differences. Um, the third one that they talked about was addressing injustice, but then the key question there is whose justice are we we looking for, uh, which we can see in our lives today. And then uh, finally, firefighting. Right, and that's we're we're gonna just jump to social action. Yeah, Darwin loves that one as someone who has served. Um, but we we then turn the church into basically you know a social organization that simply is trying to put out fires in the world, and um, we feel that way with as Christians. Um, so as I say that, the thing that really grabs me, and you you picked up on it with patience as well, and listening. But I love that they talk about our our need to step back before stepping in. And uh, it, it connects, Luke, for me, to your story, because you're a part of the uh, the uh, uh, this uh, I'm blanking on I the, don't know. What do I do? the letters right <laughs> now. The, uh, uh, the SOCL? Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> SOCL. Which is the School of Contemplative Listening. Right. And, you're, and your focus is on how that relates to what? Uh, learning to listen, learning to slow down, learning right. to turn inwardly. Yep. And justice. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. one. <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. like the main theme of the thing. I didn't prep him with this question, <laughs> folks. So. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I'm just wondering, why is that so important? You know, they, they address it, talk about it, but in your experience, especially as you're going through this school of contemplative listening in your role here at Hardaway, just in life, why is it so important for us to step back as Christians um, and instead before diving in? Mm-hmm. And along with that, why is it important for us to re-engage God's story as well before we dive back into the work. Absolutely. Uh, well, we have to. Um, if, we, if we just set out for human accomplishment, a couple things could happen. We could, we could either do it or not. We could either get it done or not. We could yep. fail. Or in whatever we get done, we're going to be limited, right? So this turning inward and slowing down, uh, we go inward. We contemplate. Uh, we're learning to listen to God in ourselves and others so that we can go out and ultimately do God's justice in the world. Justice is a big word. It means a yeah, lot of different things depending on what um, adjective you put in front of it or, it, you know, yep. five people in this room, five different ideas of what justice is. However many listeners, that many different ideas. Absolutely. So, but ultimately justice for me is doing right outwardly in the world. So how can I, I need to go inward and slow down and listen to God and get my base there before I can dream of having an impact on the world outside and around me. Um, there's a, there's a good model 
there's a, a, a Henry Nowen article that we studied in that class actually about solitude community ministry. So I see rest, I see slowing down, I see making time for God um, as that solitude. So solitude community ministry. So solitude is where it begins. I have to get my relationship with Christ right first. He has to be the top priority in my life first. That's There's no other starting point. Um, following that is community. So I need people around me that are going that are that are also seeking Christ that are also living in the same world that I'm living in and identifying some of the same problems around. So right here at this table the the way that you guys do um sermon prep practical life together that's community to that's a beautiful example of community to me. Um and and they have to be separate things solitude and community because Christ desires a relationship with each one of us as individuals, right? You're not going to sure. get that through uh, any community. You're going to get it by going to Christ himself. But the community then empowers us to be able to minister to um, the world at large in, in society. So um, solitude and community and ministry is one of those things that um, is coming out of my learning to listen and it, it has to start with rest. It has to start with slowing down. It has to start with making space in your own life for your relationship with Christ. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think to just to highlight the definitions part that you, you started with, um, they wrote, um, this is on page 73 of their book, uh, without a shared story and vision of life, society as a whole cannot agree on what justice means. Right. Absolutely. And so coming back to that solitude community ministry, stepping back in our own lives is just huge. And I don't like that. Um, that means kind of like listening in patience, right? Yep. I want to get her done. Um, I'd, I'd much rather jump in the fire with Darwin uh, <laughs> and, and go after it and fix things. And, right? the, and that'll, that'll produce burnout, right? If you jump, right. even even if you're doing your daily prayer as well and you're doing good solitude if you jump right to ministry you're going to you're going to burn out we yeah. need the community around us so right. it's steps awesome speaking of darwin darwin <laughs> so luke um i'll just begin by thanks for recommending this book i i, I really liked it um there's several things that that caught my attention in it um but one of the the things that i that caught me kind of off guard is it didn't race to this large, all-encompassing, this is what you have to be. Um, it wasn't prescriptive in the way that, that you mentioned. What I did like was that it was descriptive and really it poses the question, what kind of people are we called to be as Christians? And then if this is who we're called to be, how does this get worked out in, in our lives? And there's two aspects of that that um, that stood out to me as as I read through this. I think um, one I I described this way: it, it calls us to be slow. It calls us to be intentional, um, and to be imaginative. Um, in a sense sure. that we're not racing in to fix something, but but that kind of empathetic piece that we're taking hold of that we're trying to understand. Um, 
people. We're trying to understand their context. We're trying to understand what the issues really are. Um, realizing that our ability to fix things is really rather limited. It's very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other piece that came out as you were talking to me, though, is um, about solitude and community as well. And and I think when we think of community in our culture, we think of community as a bunch of people voluntarily getting together to do stuff. Um, and, and so we see it as a, a – a collection of individuals. I think when you look at community in Scripture, we're a group of people that are called together, and the individual is seen through the lens of the community, mm. which, which is a, a little really, countercultural there. Oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you, the individual's responsibility to the community is just as important as their participation in the community. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, in light of this, so what? Well, I mean, I think it's – I think, you know, when I got done with the book, it gave me some – I mean, I had some ideas about how to take this and apply it. But it seems to me that a criticism of this book would be it doesn't lead us to do anything. Um, how would you respond to that? Well, it can be defeating if, if, you, if you think of it in that – in one way. And it can be life-giving if you think of it in another. So God, um, we are created in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we do want to do everything. We do want to fix everything because that reflects the desires of our creator in us. Right. Um, so when, when we can't fix everything, we can respond in a couple ways. And that's – I know how I chose to respond for about a decade after college, and that was – I can't be perfect, so I might as well not do anything. I'll never be right. the ideal Christian, so I'm right. just not going to do it. I'll still believe or whatever, but it's not going to be life. It's going to be death, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, so the other the other way is acknowledging those desires to fix everything and change everything are um, from God and planted in us for a good reason. So. We can do what we can. Um, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good CRC guy, and I just did uh, the first of a series of four webinars with Thriving Essentials that they just launched mm-hmm. about training for new uh, deacons and elders and uh, other church leaders. And the first one was on mission. And their definition of mission included both an invitation mm-hmm. and a command. And I've long thought of mission – uh, as an invitation, and I found that very helpful. God's inviting me into this big work, mm-hmm. his work, and that's that's very, very helpful. However, I'm not commanded to do all of it. I'm commanded to do a very specific part, mm-hmm. and my faithfulness and obedience is what God is going to use to get that small part done that's part of his big work that he does intend to get done, just not through me alone, through the community as as well. And I appreciate uh, what you said about community so much because the when I think of community, it's not just a group of people. It's a group of people that give each other life. So I am seen through the lens of the community that I have an obligation to the community 
But the community has an obligation to me, too. And that's why I seek community, because I'm recognizing, finally, I can't do everything myself. Um, And I can't do everything, and we can't do everything. But that's fine, because we know the one who can. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's really helpful. Um, there. So I'm going to turn it over to JB here because he's well. And that a question that goes really well with kind of where I wanted to kind of end our time. Um, you know, I think I think a couple of things about our world right now is the globalization of our world, where, where it's a global, it's a global. But you know, like we're aware of everything that's happening across the globe. And uh, we also live in a digital world, right? So there's – and that they kind of play into each other. And so, you know, we, we, we hear about everything that's going on and all of the injustice. And I think we, we carry this tension like what, what do I do with it? And it's like, well, I got this platform, Twitter or whatever, and so then I can post this statement or I can share this thing and boom. I, I've done my, my piece of, of social justice, you know, work. Uh, in this this uh, this tweet or whatever, um, done. Yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah. Checkbox. And I, I think we all kind of chuckle because we know, like, no, I've done it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've done it. But we know that's not the end game, right? And so, I, I think this. Um, you know, where where do we start for our listeners? Like, what what's a? I mean, you mentioned solitude. You mentioned community. Uh, so let's just assume that that is the starting point. But but what would be like the first? You know, you're doing those things, but what would be a, a good first step as far as stepping into the conversation or ministry piece, justice? What 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 would be a good first step for our listeners um, in light of this book? Beautiful. So let's first acknowledge that we're still sitting here saying, okay, what do we do? Let's, yeah. let's fix it now, <laughs> which is good. Uh, that's also a desire. That's the desire that God planted in us, right? So, um, and it's also the hardest question. So... <laughs> <laughs> the the answers are are multiple. Um, you know, we can do a few things. We already talked about it. We, you can read this book, right? That's a thing to do. It's gonna it, it's gonna open your mind. It's well an actual done. thing. Well done. Good plug. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm not getting any commission from the authors or anything. Oh, Just okay. Full disclosure. Um, you can practice things. Okay, so um, keep your attentiveness open to others around you um, that are close to you. It takes practice to identify the needs of the community, and you're not going to recognize everything right away, but you will recognize some stuff. And as you pay more and more attention to the people around you, the needs around you, you're, you're going to, God's going to bring to your attention the greater needs that he would have you fill um, as he sees fit, as he commands you. So uh, you can cultivate some healthy slowing down in your life, uh, like we talked about. And you, you've got, we've got an utter dependence on God ultimately, not our accomplishments. So when I say slow down, I think of the fundamentals. Read your Bible, pray, listen. Don't just use words when you pray. Open your ears and like just slow down. Make space for God in your life. Um, my first two months living in Honduras were, well, not terrible, but <laughs> hard, <laughs> very, very hard. It's because sure. I said, thanks, God, you got me to Honduras. I got it from here. I'll, I'll fix the country. I'll handle it. Uh, you, can, you can go back to the States and stay there. And it was 
it was hard. It was the hardest, uh, one of the hardest periods of my life. I, at that point, turned to daily devotions, prayer, Bible reading, praying before the beginning of each class. Changed my life. Changed everything. I mean, so it's the fundamental stuff. Um, and if you want help with like practicing those things, I mean, I'm that school that we, the school of contemplative listening we were talking about. I'm training to be a spiritual director, so I would love to have a conversation with anybody listening about that. I'm sure anybody in this room would love to have a conversation like that um, with any of our right. people mm-hmm. because it sounds like uh, a Sunday school answer. Pray, read your Bible, but it's not. Actually doing that in real life is hard, and it's hard to maintain, and we need to rely on God if we're, if we're going to do that well. Um, so we also have to be okay with our limitations. Like, mm. I can't I can't fix everything, uh, but that's what's exciting. Uh, I have to also be grateful for my limitations because God has invited me into his work, and he wants me um, to play my role in it. So, yeah, we can, you know, listen to uh, things coming out of Afghanistan. We can listen. I can listen to the tragedies in Honduras between hurricanes and uh, fire in the town where I lived, and it's just it can be completely defeating or it can be an expression of gratitude to to uh to have god allow me to let go of that i mean i can still find ways to plug in and stay connected with those distant things especially in this global world but that's not the primary thing God has for me right now this second. The primary thing God has for me right now is being with you guys and being with our listeners. And that's being faithful and obedient to the command God has for me. So that's, that's going to look very different for um, everyone in their life, right? So that's sure. why it's hard to give an answer because we need to discern those things for ourselves with the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's three W words, wait, watch, walk. You know, how are we waiting in the things of God? And and that's exactly like you're talking about getting in the scriptures, praying, listening, right? But then watching, watching for the yeah. opportunities around us. Yes. Uh, where can we step into the people's lives uh, that God has already put us? Um, you're doing that uh, today, you know, as you go to work. Yes, I am a very this. good example Christian. Let's, <laughs> let's get pat that out pat on the back. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and then it's just walking in those those opportunities. That's why I love that word attentive. Yes. To be attentive uh, is a is a great word, and I think a great challenge for all of us. So, Luke, uh, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for bringing this book yes. again to us all. Uh, we would highly, highly recommend it. Reconciling all things: a Christian vision for justice, peace, and healing by Emmanuel. Ke- uh, Katangole and Chris Rice. So pick that up, uh, folks. Enjoy it. Keep that conversation running. That's why this podcast uh, really exists, is to keep talking about the things that we're seeing, we're reading, doing community together, and uh, entering back into God's world. Next time, we're going to uh, engage with Tim Keller, uh, pastor, theologian. Uh, what else do you want to call him? Um, but uh he wrote a, a a little book that was based off a series of talks that I actually had a chance to hear uh, live and in person, and I couldn't type fast enough to keep up with. So I'm glad he's got a book, How to Reach the West Again. Um, Bill, 
you know you've been diving into this quite a bit. Yeah, we've led folks in celebration. See each of these two-minute, three-minute videos are really powerful, really insightful and challenging. I'm glad we can get into this monograph that he's done. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll actually have some stuff up on our Spiritual Formation page. We'll get some things up where you can get a copy of this. Uh, you can download it for free. We like that, folks. Um, but uh, again, Luke, thank you, gentlemen, for, for Bill, for Darwin, for JB, myself. Um, we want to just say thank you again for listening in. And until next time, God bless.